ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode here on The Truth. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be doing our Thursday night special for week 14 here in the NFL. And as you guys can tell, I'm currently sick, currently under the weather, and I've not really been feeling well as of late. Typically, I record these Thursday night specials on Tuesday, but since I was really not feeling well yesterday, ended up having to do it today, but we're going to power through and get going on. The important thing is we get this done by Thursday, and that's definitely going to be the case for this week. I did mention I'm not feeling that well, so I might sound really bad. I might have a cough here or two. I might have something in my throat, but the important thing is I'm going to be able to at least get through the show, whether it's through aches and pains or what. We'll get through it and get you guys prepared for another week here in the NFL, starting off with Week 14's Thursday night matchup between the Raiders and the Rams. Before we can go over this week's Thursday night matchup, however, we do got to recap last Thursday night's game between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. The Buffalo Bills do win this game on the road 24-10 against their division rival, the foes of the New England Patriots. Josh Allen, 22-33, 223, two touchdowns. James Cook, 14 for 64. Devin Singletary, 15 for 51. Sorry, 13 for 51. And a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, 7 catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown as well. And on the defensive side, Jordan Poyer did have the interception for the Bills. For the Patriots, Mac 10, 22 for 36, 195, and a touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson, 10 carries for 54 yards. Marcus Jones, that's right, Marcus Jones, the defensive back, led the team with 2 catches for 51 yards and a touchdown there. The Patriots do fall to 6 and 6. The Bills are 9 and 3 and with a loss to the Dolphins and the Jets, the Patriots sit a comfortable game ahead of the rest of the teams in the AFC East division. Moving forward for the Buffalo Bills, they got the Jets and the Dolphins at home before traveling to Chicago, Cincinnati, and then ending the year at home against the Patriots once again. This is going to be an important stretch for them because they're sitting at a 9 and 3 record right now. They're currently number 1 in the AFC, but the Chiefs <coughs> are very close second, and the Ravens as well. So it's going to be interesting to see moving forward how those three teams, maybe even four, for example, um, are going to contend for that number one seed in the AFC division. For the Patriots, they're at a 6-6 six and six record right now. This loss against the Bills was definitely very brutal for them. They're currently on a two-game losing streak after losing to the Vikings on Thanksgiving Day. Going forward, they have a matchup at Arizona and Las Vegas before coming home to face the Bengals, Dolphins, and then at Buffalo to end the year. Patriots sit a game back of the wild card, and they can thank the Minnesota Vikings because if the Jets were to win, the Jets would actually be two games ahead of the Patriots, making the Patriots' playoff chances that much more difficult. But that's not the case. The Patriots are still alive. Patriots have kind of been playing under the radar, I guess you could say. Um, not been playing the best football, but have playing good enough football to really kind of move on and move forward to the next level. We're going to see a lot about this Patriots team moving forward and see what in particular is going to be the root and cause for the Patriots' success. You know, Bill Belichick is a well-established coach. He's had a great tenure in uh, New England. You know, he's had just a great Hall of Fame career. And when it comes to the postseason and if the Patriots are going to make it or not, his leadership alone is definitely going to set the Patriots forward into the next level, and there's going to be a lot of positives for there. I'm really curious, too, to see how this Patriots team will play. Um, you know, they got a couple games coming up where they should probably win, um, but they're both on the road, and that's going to be difficult because playing any time on the road is definitely not the easiest thing in the world. But moving forward, there's definitely a lot of positives there. The AFC East as well as the AFC wildcard and playoff picture in general is still wide open, so there's still a lot of avenues for growth and development for the Patriots as well as the Bills. 
But going forward, this AFC East and just AFC in general playoff picture is going to be something worth noting and, and worth taking more interest in as the season continues to progress forward. Let's go ahead and preview Week 14 now between the Raiders and the Rams. Now, if you were to say that the Raiders-Rams Week 14 Thursday night matchup was going to be a dandy from Week 1, I think you would be correct. But this year, it's definitely not been the case. The Raiders are sitting right now with a 5-7 and and record, currently 3rd in the AFC West Division. And the Rams are sitting with a 3-9 and record, 4th in the NFC West Division. The Raiders are on a 3-game winning streak, whereas the Rams are on a 6-game losing streak. To be fair, the Rams have had a difficult season with Matt Stafford really not being 100%, Cooper Cup spitting out, even John Wolford was out, um, and they had Bryce Perkins as their starting quarterback. They've had some controversy at the running back position. Cam Akers had wanted out. Um, that was an intriguing kind of, I don't know, not state, but just intriguing by itself and saying, that okay, maybe there's some dysfunction there. And they also cut Daryl Henderson. So on the offensive side where they really had their strength, they really struggled with <coughs> Excuse me, and they're really trying to kind of find their identity. The Rams did just sign Baker Mayfield. I'm not sure if he's going to be active for this game, just because um, you know he did get signed, I believe, yesterday, and he's got to make the or maybe two days ago, he's got to make the trip to LA and be ready for a Thursday night game. But right now, the quarterback situation with Stafford on IR and Wolford not really playing as effective, the Rams are just kind of trying to piece things together. Coming off a Super Bowl win last year definitely has been a disappointing year for them. The Raiders, on the flip side, started the year off very rough. There was a lot of questions about Josh McDaniels and the way he's been coaching that Raiders team. They've had so many heartbreaks. They honestly could be a 7-2 team, or, well, 7-5 team instead of 5-7, or even a better record than that. This hasn't been the case. And that's part of it in the NFL, you know. <coughs> the NFL is a very good competitive league, but it's just heartbreaking. You could see it on Derek Carr's face when those two um, had those press conferences about those heartbreaking losses. But the Raiders are on the positive direction. And honestly, with a win this week and a Patriots loss, the Raiders are right back there in the playoff hunt. And they'll be facing the Raiders the next week. So that even kind of stems their chances even more uh, to kind of make a run here. But they do have to win most of their games prior to end the year. But it's still not out of the question, especially with the schedule they have coming up. But before they can focus on that, they got to focus on this matchup here. So let's go ahead and give you my two keys to success. First, for the Las Vegas Raiders, the first one is ride the three-game winning streak. You know, they've been playing really good football as of late. Like I mentioned, a big part of that has been Josh Jacobs and his running ability. On top of that, Devontae Adams has been kind of breaking out and having good success there. And other players <coughs> like Matt Collins have been um, solid options for Derek Carr to throw the ball to. On paper, we look at the Raiders, and they should not be where they're at right now. They should easily be 7-5, and five, maybe even having a better record and contending for an AFC West title. It just hasn't been the case, and there's a lot of you know reasons for that. Josh McDaniels in his first year, anytime you have a first-year head coach, it's definitely a change of pace. you got to go through a new system. you got to learn a new playbook, all this and that, typically. And it's just not the easiest thing in the world. It takes at least a year or two for that to develop and kind of grow and blossom. There was obviously a lot of questions if Josh McDaniels was even going to survive this year, and I do believe he will, obviously. He should stay there for at least a couple of years to see if they can fix this Raiders team back on track. And then finally, trust through Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a great football player. More than being a football player, he's a great leader and has provided tons of leadership for the Raiders when they desperately need it. I mentioned just the heartbreak that he had and you know just wanted to go out there and compete in every game sure Derek Carr is not the next Tom Brady Patrick Mahomes or even Kirk Cousins 
No, I'm just kidding. But he is a really good, <coughs> excuse me, really good leader at the quarterback position. And overall, you're typically better off with a guy like that compared to a guy that doesn't care about his team and doesn't care about the success and all that stuff because at least he shows heart and dedication and wantingness and willingness to win. So moving forward, that's going to be a positive thing for the Raiders and really just providing that outlet there is going to be huge for Derek Carr and the success that they'll have moving forward. And for the Rams, my first key to success is figure out the quarterback situation. Like I mentioned, their offense has just been in shambles. You've had some options at you know wide receiver. Obviously, Cooper Cup, the best wide receiver in football, he's been out. He's been on IR. Stafford now is on IR. John Wolford obviously has been starting a couple of games. Even Bryce Perkins, for example. Their offensive dysfunction has just been so prevalent. It's really sad to say because that offense has got the potential to be great if everything were just clicking together. You know, Tyler Higby at the tight end position, Stafford leading the way at the quarterback position. The offensive line hasn't been great. Actually, it's been pretty bad for the Rams. And that gives a guy like Matthew Stafford, who is dealing with elbow, tendon, elbow tendonitis from the beginning of the year, not another reason to not be good, but just kind of adding insult to injury, <laughs> literally. Um, and just it's been a difficult situation for that Rams offense. But you know the Rams are going to be able to bounce back next year. Uh, they have a really good, talented team. This year they're going to be able to get most likely a higher draft pick, which is going to be huge. It's really kind of interesting to see a team win a Super Bowl and then start off you know, the first 12 games at 3-9 record. They have a chance, however, to right their wrongs, and they could definitely do that. But at the same time, especially with how bad the season's been going, obviously you want to win. But getting a solid pick next year and maybe improving that line or improving other positions on that team is really going to be vital. And sometimes you got to play for the future and not necessarily play and save your season because this season, this year, is definitely over. But if you are competing, my second key to success is use your defensive weapons to your advantage. You arguably have one of the best players, if not the best defensive player, in Aaron Donald. <coughs> Excuse me. You also have an all-pro cornerback in Jalen Ramsey. Those two alone were very vital for the keys to the Rams' Super Bowl run last year. And, you know, having Von Miller, that addition was huge. But overall, I mean, they're still on the team. They're still playing. They're giving it their heart and soul every week. Use that to your advantage, especially with the Raiders, who typically have a good offense. If you're able to stop the Raiders' offense, that opens the door for many opportunities where you're more likely to have success not only stopping the run, but stopping the passing attack and the passing game in general. So that's something to take notice of, too. And using that defense, because that's really been the only bright spot for your team, is really going to open the doors for many opportunities moving forward. Let's go ahead and preview fantasy here for Thursday Night Football. Now everybody's favorite portion of these podcasts, these fantasy football slash NFL podcasts, even on Thursday night, is the fantasy portion, where I'll give you my must-start, my must-sit, sleeper and bust for the fantasy slate here on Thursday Night Football. Starting off... With my must-start, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Derek Carr at the quarterback position. Now, Derek Carr has had an up-and-down year nonetheless. And overall, when you look at fantasy must-starts, Derek Carr I don't think is typically a number one choice, but there's definitely reason to start him. He's rostered in 65.6% of leagues, and he's actually the 13th best quarterback. You're in a 12-man league, and you're kind of lacking at the quarterback position. He's more than likely available in your league. And overall, he's going to give you a consistent amount of points. The only time he didn't give really a consistent amount of points was in Week 8 against New Orleans, where he had 1.94. That was because he had 101 yards and one interception. But he's going to give you, he's not going to be a guy, because, I mean, obviously he's got some mobility, but he's not too mobile. 
you know, he's not going to be a guy that's going to give you 30 or 40, um, you know, the high risk there with, you know, the Justin Fields or the Jalen Hurts, but he's going to give you a consistent um, 18 to 20. And I feel like as the fantasy season kind of year in and year out shifts, people try to shy away from these more pocket passers and try to go for more running valuable quarterbacks. And that's a very good strategy. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, these guys too are just so more <coughs> consistent because they're typically better passers. And especially early on, not now, but when Justin Fields, you know, at the beginning part of the year was struggling, he was throwing interceptions and, and not throwing the ball well. You have a guy like Derek Carr who's going to be consistent and, and really kind of showcase that. Also, you know, besides these last two weeks where he's had those one and two interceptions, he's kind of kept the ball under wraps. Um, obviously, in week one, he didn't, but he's kind of kept the ball under wraps and he's been a solid quarterback at bat. And when you have a pocket passer like Derek Carr, Limiting the turnovers is going to be huge because I don't know how your leagues roll, but typically uh, interceptions, two points lost. So that kind of <coughs> elevates the level there because you're sacrificing a little bit with the running and mobility where you're sitting more with a pocket passer. And Derek Carr is definitely a guy that's going to be, you know, a pocket passer and not going to get those rushing touchdowns or even rushing yards that you want out of a quarterback. But overall, he's got a really positive matchup, you know, Besides Jalen Ramsey, I mean, they have some decent quarterbacks and secondaries, but overall, he's definitely not um, a guy that's really going to go out there and, like I said, drop 30 points, but he's going to do enough. He's got the weapons, Devontae Adams, you know, Fabian Moreau, Matt Collins off the top of my head. So he's going to be a guy moving forward that a lot of people probably take a deeper dive of and, and look more into, but he's definitely a solid player, and I like his matchup this week against the Rams. My must-sit's going to be Van Jefferson. Now, I know my buddy Jackson, my roommate Jackson, is probably starting Van Jefferson. Here's one of the reasons why I would shy away from him. With Cooper Cup being out, you'd expect guys like Van Jefferson to really pick up the pace at the wide receiver position, and that just hasn't been the case. You know, Two receptions this week, uh, three last week, three the previous week, and he's really just not stepped up to that six, seven, even eight that you'd maybe expect with Cooper Cup being out. If Cooper Cup's out and Van Jefferson's in, well, you'd expect Van Jefferson to get more production because when Cooper Cup is in the game, <coughs> Stafford specifically would throw the ball to him pretty much every time. Uh, and the defense knew it, and Cooper Cup would still get the catches you know, that he'd need. And it was definitely something that people would be like, hey, you know, like uh, this and that. But overall, I mean, he's a very solid receiver. He's just not been able to get open. Now, there's been some, I guess you could say, flaws in that. One of the main reasons why is just because, you know, he hasn't really had a steady quarterback this season. Uh, he had a Stafford to start the year. He had Bryce Perkins for a week, John Wolford, potentially Baker Mayfield. He missed the first part of the year, and so you have basically three or four quarterbacks in five weeks. I mean, each quarterback and wide receiver needs to establish their own connection and have success with that. That just hasn't been the case for Van Jefferson, especially this week if Baker Mayfield is starting or has somewhat of a role whatsoever. And the Rams' offense has just been atrocious. Typically, you get the passing game going when you get the running game going, and the running game hasn't been going, so Van Jefferson's production has unfortunately faltered and has not been uh, successful. So you kind of look into those factors and say, okay, well, excuse me, Van Jefferson isn't, Van Jefferson isn't getting the production especially with Cooper Cup out. The Rams' offense is faltering, especially this week where there's uncertainty at who the quarterback's going to be. It's just a recipe for disaster. Now, <coughs> he has two touchdowns, so that's also a risk you outweigh too. Maybe you take a gamble, his receptions are down, but his touchdowns are up, which means he's more of a red zone threat. 
And maybe that's something that you take into consideration too. But you also got to follow through high risk, high reward. Where's the happy medium? Maybe look at patterns. I think he's basically got like four points, 11 points, four points, 11 points, four points. So if the trends continue, then he's poised to have a touchdown this week. So there's just high risk, high reward. But if you want a steady option, Van Jefferson, I don't think is your option this week. My sleeper is going to be Matt Collins. Now I have Matt Collins, I think in like three or four of my leagues. Dude's only rostered in 19.6% of leagues, and overall he's had a pretty solid year. I mean, he kind of broke out this season in week three against Tennessee where he had eight catches for 158 and a touchdown. We look at some of these numbers he has, sure, he's only got like, you know, one week he had zero points, the first week he had two, you know, three and nine and ten, but ever since that he's really been up in the double digits. And, you know, week 12 at Seattle he had 16.3, four for 63 and a touchdown. Derek Carr obviously needs to throw the ball to Devontae Adams, and he's going to do that. But at the same time, Matt Collins kind of stepped in as a number two role, especially with Darren Waller being out. That's been, you know, kind of something that I guess people take into deeper consideration when they're looking at um, the Raiders team as a whole and, you know, where they've been able to have their success. Because Darren Waller hasn't played since week five, and I'm not sure if he's going to be playing at all the rest of the season. Um, You know, maybe he'll suit up. I think there's reports that he might suit up in week 15. But overall, I mean, when Derek Carr looks for a guy like Darren Waller and Darren Waller isn't out, that opens the door for Matt Collins to have a good opportunity to score and produce points. Now, I'm guessing Devontae Adams will be on Jalen Ramsey, and so Matt Collins is going to get a lower-end cornerback that's on the Rams' defense. With, um, you know, Devontae Adams potentially being stopped at some point, you know, just because Jalen Ramsey is so good, that opens the door for Matt Collins to maybe get more looks and more targets and then could ultimately lead to more fantasy points and then obviously more touchdowns as well. <coughs> Excuse me. So overall, that's something to take into consideration too. Um, but then again, you know, he's had a little bit of a spotty year. Um, but I think that kind of what makes a sleeper is there's just not much expectation surrounding those guys. And then finally, my bust is going to be Cam Akers. Obviously, in week one, he had zero points, and a lot of people were concerned about that. Last week, he had two touchdowns, 17 carries for 60 yards and two touchdowns. But before that, I mean, he has only gotten over 10 points once, and that was in week three. Uh, Week seven through week eight, he was not playing because he was just unhappy with being in Los Angeles and all of that. And I think that's something that factors into this week of where – um, you know, Cam Akers will play compared to how well he'll play. Now, Daryl Henderson isn't there, and that opens the door for Cam Akers to have more opportunities around the football. At the same time, though, I think the risk definitely outweighs the, you know, because every fantasy player is going to have that breakout week. If they're having a bad year where they're getting like zero to three points, for some reason, it's like you got to play Russian roulette, but your odds are really against you. They're going to have that one breakout week, and then everybody's going to go insane about it, like, oh, like this and that. And that's the guy you have to start. And I think that's why a lot of people are considering starting Cam Akers. But just the uncertainties revolving Cam Akers, I guess, this season is really questioning me as a fantasy owner of when I should start him. And I think this week's going to be a telling week. Running backs don't typically do well on Thursday night. The Raiders got a good front. Max Crosby on that line is going to be you know hard for Cam Akers to run through. And like I said, maybe you wait a week or two, but I don't think Cam Akers is, is your guy, at least this week. Game prediction, I'm going to go 27-10 Raiders. I think the Raiders are hot. They've had a really solid year, although it doesn't seem like it. They've been playing really well. They've been playing really effectively. And the Rams, um, like I mentioned, the quarterback situation is going to be a question mark. Not sure what they're going to start with there. And there's just too much question marks for me as a fan um, compared to the answers. I think that's something that you know people take into consideration moving forward, and maybe there's you know some more question marks moving forward. But 
This week, I think the Raiders win pretty handily. We saw last Thursday night, um, you know, the away team, the Bills, who were the better team, dominate the Patriots 24-10. I think a similar situation will be here this week. But it uh, won't be a bad thing for the Rams because it will help their draft position moving forward. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. Thank you guys for getting through here. If you did make it to the end of the show with my sickness and being sick, um, it definitely is not the easiest thing in the world. But the support that I've had throughout the year um, and really just in general has really kind of propelled me to find some strength to get these podcasts out for you guys. So I do appreciate you guys sticking with me for that. If you guys do want to know more information about The Truth, I highly recommend you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value you guys do not want to miss. Until next time, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hassan, signing out. Take care and good night. Peace.